I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today we're going to be talking about blood pressure. Now, I this is the number one drug that my patients come in taking. Uh, we always do an analysis with our patients, of course, when you come in. We always ask medication. Blood pressure medication, by far, is the number one medication. Uh, diabetes and cholesterol is number two, kind of tied in there. But blood pressure is number one, so I really need to get into blood pressure. I want to talk about what, what is high blood pressure, what causes high blood pressure, but most importantly, what do you do about it? Because I'm not saying don't take your medication. I always tell people if you're on medication, stay with your medication until we get you well enough that you don't need the medication. That's going to be my goal, and that's the goal of the show today, is try to get you well enough so hopefully you don't need that medication. Because medication treats the symptoms, which absolutely is necessary in many cases, but it don't, doesn't get to the cause in many cases. So there's millions of people all, all over the world struggling with high blood pressure symptoms. It's also called hypertension. Uh, in 2008, uh, the prevalence of elevated blood pressure among adults over 25 years old was 40% worldwide. Approximately 700, seven, 75 million people, adults, that's 32% or one in three adults suffer from high blood pressure. So if you're listening to this show and there's somebody to your left and somebody to your right, one of you, chances are, has high blood pressure. Now, blood pressure is a combination of what we call systolic and diastolic pressure. Systolic pressure represents blood force or the pressure while the heart is beating. So the heart contracts, that's the systolic. The diastolic pressure stands for blood pressure when the heart is resting. So the systolic pressure always is the first or the top number, and of course the diastolic is the bottom. Now in a reading of 130 over 80, let's say, 130 represents systolic pressure and 80 presents diastolic. Now in pre-hypertension, this means it's getting there, you're almost there, systolic numbers range from 120 to 129, the diastolics are usually less than 80. So 120 over 80 is normal. You go from 120 to 129 in the systolic when the heart contracts, that's the big issue. Now, the diastolic is when the heart relaxes, and that's really important, too, because we, we ask the question, is your heart actually relaxing? It's a muscle, and it's got to take a break every beat because it can't always be in contraction, or else that's called a heart attack. So high blood pressure occurs when the pressure in the arteries and the blood vessels becomes too high, and the arterial walls become distorted, causing some stress on the heart. Now, long-term high blood pressure increases the risk of stroke, heart attack, and even diabetes, because most Americans don't even realize they have high blood pressure until really serious problems results. Now, the results of high blood pressure include things arterial damage, aneurysm, which is bursting of a blood vessel. Uh, for, it's blowing up of a blood vessel, and then it can burst. Uh, heart failure, blocked or ruptured blood vessels, induced kit, reduced kidney function, uh, vision loss, loss of cognitive function, concentration, memory, ability to learn. This can be all due to high blood pressure. Metabolic syndrome. Now, this is a bunch of different disorders clumped together, such as high, uh, such as high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, insulin, high insulin, arteriosclerosis, uh, increased weight size, getting fat. So there are no symptoms uh, as blood pressure increases. But the warning signs for very high blood pressure can include things like chest pain, confusion, headaches, uh, ringing in the ears, buzzing, irregular heartbeat, nosebleeds, tiredness, vision changes. 
So here's the thing, and I, I equate high blood pressure to chiropractic care. As if you regularly listen to the show, you know my team of doctors were chiropractors, and we have medical as well. And people come in and say, Dr. Joe, I have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, and we give them a few adjustments. And in most cases, patients are just thrilled. The results are off the chart. And then the patient says, well, Dr. Joe, I feel better. I don't think I need to continue care. And I say, it's like high blood pressure. Just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean there's not a problem. Now, in our office, we evaluate, we take x-rays, we do exams, and we can show you very clearly bones are out of place, discs are degenerating, spines are twisted. And so even though you don't have symptoms, you still need to work with it to get it fixed. High blood pressure is the same way. If you don't have any symptoms, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be concerned. So what are some causes of high blood pressure? High blood pressure causes include, how about a high salt diet? A lot of people tell you that. You drink a lot of salt, it whole, retains fluid. Fluid increases pressure in the vessels, and you get high blood pressure. How about stress? Now, there's three types of stress. You've heard me talk about this before. Emotional stress, chemical stress, and physical stress. Physical stress, my team is really good at working with. Now, we can't help everybody, but we're really good at working on the physical stress. So if you have neck pain, back pain, uh, muscle spasms, uh, uh, cramps, these are all things that chiropractic is really good at working. My team, I believe, are some of the best in the world. So we can work on the physical stress. That can raise your blood pressure. Chemical stress, we're going to talk about that when we talk about nutrition. And then the emotional stress. Now, I can't fix the emotional stress. You might have a death of a loved one. You may have ended a relationship. You might have financial problems. That I can't control. But if we can get the physical right and the chemical right, the emotional is a lot easier to deal with. And that's one of the things that's so important. We never know we're going to have an emotional uh, crisis. We all have had them in our lives. But if we can take control of the physical and the chemical, the emotional is going to be a lot easier to deal with. Alcohol can raise blood pressure. Caffeine, smoking, obesity, inactivity, birth control pills, uh, heavy metal poisoning. So many people come to us and we do something called a hair analysis, and we can actually test for heavy metal analysis. We can heavy metal in the body. And so many patients are high in mercury and aluminum. And heavy metal poisoning can raise your blood pressure. So you're trying to treat the blood pressure. We do a hair analysis. We find out you're high in mercury or, or aluminum or other heavy metals. And then we got to go on a heavy metal detox to get those heavy metals out of the system. That might be the cause of your high blood pressure. Irritation of something called the vagus nerve. Everyone makes fun of me because that's my favorite nerve in the body, the vagus nerve. Now, the vagus nerve controls your digestive system, controls a lot of things. But it controls all the organs in your digestive area, in your gut, except for the adrenal glands. But the vagus nerve relaxes the body. It's called a parasympathetic nerve. Now, there's two types of nerves in your body. Sympathetic speeds you up. Parasympathetic slow you down. So the vagus nerve is a parasympathetic nerve. It really gets the body to relax, and that can help lower blood pressure. If the vagus nerve is being irritated, perhaps it's being pinched. From a chiropractic standpoint, we're really good at fixing pinched nerves. Maybe it's a problem with the digestive system. If you have heartburn, acid reflux, celiac disease, irritation of the digestive system, that can irritate the vagus nerve, which can then cause the blood pressure not to go down. So conversely, it goes up. So many times people with digestive issues, they come to see us, and we can actually adjust or pull the stomach away from the diaphragm. We can get the digestive system working, get their diet straightened out to take the stress off the digestive system so it's off the vagus nerve, and then the, then the blood pressure drops. One of the things I teach my patients, if they have high blood pressure, when they come to see us, I said, monitor your blood pressure. Because if you're taking medication and you're getting chiropractic care and we're working on a digestive system, it might go too low. So I don't want you going from high blood pressure to low blood pressure. So if it starts getting lower, 
we then have to sit down and make some decisions. What are we gonna change in our lives? And this may be the time to talk to your, your medical doctor and say, doc, my blood pressure is really low right now. And 100% of the time, I've never had it not happen. The doctor says, let's start weaning you off or take you off the blood pressure medication and see what happens. And in most cases, if you follow our advice, the blood pressure drops and hopefully you don't need that medication anymore. One of the side effects of blood pressure medication is erectile dysfunction, sexual dysfunction. So I have a lot of guys come in my office and they say have ED, erectile dysfunction, or sexual malfunction, women too. And I'll say, are you on blood pressure medication? And if they are, then I want to get them off the medication. That might be the cause. So you can monitor your own blood pressure using a home uh, blood pressure device. Uh, simple steps to do when you're taking your blood pressure. Don't exercise, eat, or drink caffeinated beverages or smoke at least 30 minutes before measuring your blood pressure. Sit still with your back straight with your feet on the floor. Follow, to your, follow the monitor's instructions or ask your doctor how to use it correctly. We can show you how to do that. Make sure you check your blood pressure at the same time each day. It's different times of the day. Your blood pressure is going to fluctuate. Change your blood pressure two or three times uh, each time. Uh, check it, I'm sorry. Uh, each time you sit down or stand up. Wait a minute in between each, each reading. Be sure to track your measurements. Write them down or if you, you can journal it or use an online tracker if you want to. And the reason is we want to see if you have really truly have high blood pressure because some people have something called white coat syndrome. You go to doctors and doctors traditionally would wear white coats. And when people come into the office, our office or any doctor's office, they get nervous. And when you get nervous, the blood pressure goes up. Or you're expecting your blood pressure to be high. Oh my God, I hope it's not high, I hope it's not high. And the blood pressure goes up. So uh, that's a little trick you can do. Now, I remember uh, hearing stories back when they had the draft that guys would stand in line to get, to get draft and they'd just squeeze all their muscles together really hard, their hands, their butt, their legs, and that might raise their blood pressure and they'd try to get out of, out of getting drafted then. So there are things you can do to lower it and things to raise it. In fact, you can even do a vasovagal response where you gently push on a carotid artery in your neck. And that causes stretch fibers, uh, stretch, re stretch receptors to fire off, which then can lower the blood pressure. So if you're really scared, your heart's pounding out of control, and you, you can't get your heart to slow down, gently pushing on the carotid arteries on either side can sometimes bring down the blood pressure. What's that doing? It's a vasovagal response. We're working on what? The vagus nerve. So here we're tricking the vagus nerve into getting the blood pressure to drop. You're stimulating the parasympathetics. So what are some natural ways to lower blood pressure? One of them, of course, is using a vasovagal response, pushing on that. Now, gently push. Don't push hard. I don't want to get accused of you strangling yourself. Now, there are foods that reduce blood pressure, as well as supplements that can help lower blood pressure. And there are lifestyle changes you can make. So there's a lot of things you can do. So don't think that just because you have high blood pressure, you're stuck with it. So these high blood pressure home remedies are pretty easy to incorporate into your life. And many times when you incorporate these things, then you can go back to the doctor and say, listen, I don't think I need these medications anymore. My goal is, not, is to not take you off the medication. My goal is get you well enough so you don't need the medication. So by slowly making these changes in your dietary habits, you can create new healthier routines that are much healthier for you. Number one, when it comes to dietary changes, and this is the one I've been talking about for 35 years is eat a plant-based diet. Thanks to foods such as olives and flax seeds, plant-based diets are very high in fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, and also healthy omega-3 fatty acids. You want to try to cut out as many grains as you can, or low-grain diet is going to be ideal, but grains convert into sugar. Now, everybody talks about salt raising your blood pressure. I've done shows already on sugar and how it can also raise your blood pressure as well. So when I say sugar, you're thinking, well, I don't use sugar in my coffee or whatever. How about breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas? These are all sugars. And grains, rice, okay? So just be careful with the grains. Again, we're trying to get this blood pressure down as quickly as we can. Start taking an omega-3 fatty acid supplement. 
We have one on our website. It's called Dr. Joe's Vegan Omega-3, and it's an algae oil supplement. Now, when I talk about supplements, what people need, number one, everyone should be taking Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. That's the minimum supplement you should be taking every day. So that's, that goes without saying. It's on the website, drjoe.com, D-R-J-O-E, drjoe.com. That's the starting point. Then other supplements that were, uh, everyone's deficient in, unless they do something about it is omega-3 fatty acids. So if you're, especially if you're eating a plant-based diet, I recommend the algae oil. The reason I recommend the algae oil and not the fish oil is because fish runs the risk of being contaminated and you're killing off a lot of fish. The oceans are getting pretty bare, folks. I've been a scuba diver now for, I don't know, several decades. And I can tell you in my short time of diving, I've seen so much change in the ocean and so many less fish and so much less coral. So in just a few decades, I've seen dramatic changes. So why kill a fish to get the oil? Because the fish don't produce omega-3 fatty acids. Fish get it from eating smaller fish, and the smaller fish eat the algae. The algae, the chlorella and the spirulina, produce the omega-3 fatty acids. The fish don't. So you don't even have to eat the fish. You can just go right to the algae, and algae is so easy uh, to, to regenerate itself. We don't have a shortage of algae. So we can feed the world on algae if we wanted to. It's a little odd to think that. But there's plenty of algae out there, and it reproduces so quickly. So I would recommend the algae oil, low, almost no risk. In fact, no risk that I know of of heavy metal toxicity. It's better for the environment. Krill oil would be better than fish oil. Krill oil is in what's called the phospholipid form, which is easier to absorb. But the krill still get it from eating the algae, so just eat the algae. It's on the website, drjoe.com. That's the one I take. I can take any supplement I want. I choose to take the ones that I know are the best. So one of the main causes of high blood pressure is inflammation in the arteries over time. Study after study has shown that consuming algae oil, which is high in DHA and EPA, that's the kind of omega-3 fatty acids we need, reduces inflammation in the body. So taking a high quality, about 1,000 milligram or one gram of algae oil every day uh, with your meals is one of the best ways to help lower your blood pressure. And that's on the website, drjoe.com. I take two uh, Dr. Joe, uh, that's the recommended dose. It's a little less than 1,000. You can take three if you wanted to. Now, if I do something that's going to cause a lot of inflammation in my body, if I work out hard, if I do yard work, if I, I'm really stressed out, I'll go ahead and take a little extra omega-3 fatty acids to bring down that inflammation. Magnesium kind of loosens things up. The mineral magnesium is great because it helps relax your blood vessels. And magnesium is another one of those supplements that most people are deficient in. And it can have an immediate impact on naturally lowering your blood pressure. I mean, like really quick, like in a couple of minutes, maybe half hour or so, you can see a change. And many people have a magnesium deficiency anyway because of poor diet. So should you take magnesium supplements? Eh, probably. If you do, about 500 milligrams daily is a great dose to start with, and that may help address your blood pressure. Now, we have magnesium in Dr. Joe's Essential Source, so that's how I get my magnesium. And I eat a good diet, and plants have magnesium in it as well. Potassium. You want to pump up your potassium. It's an essential element, potassium and high potassium foods like avocados and melons. Hey, guess what? Those are fruits again. Helps counteract the effects of sodium and guard against hypertension. Some of the best potassium-rich foods include things like coconut water and bananas. Coconut water is a great choice if you want something a little bit sweeter to drink throughout the day. And what a lot of people do is they'll take coconut water and mix it with super greens and essential source and make a smoothie with it. So coconut water is great. Now, coconut milk, not quite as high in the, omega, in the uh, magnesium and the potassium, uh, so the coconut water might be a little better choice, but coconut water is spectacular. Another delicious way to overcome uh, potentially low potassium levels uh, is to use coconut water as your liquid, like I said, in superfood smoothies like super greens and essential source. Um, 
And you can throw in a frozen banana if you want to. You get more nutrients out of that as well, and you can make a nice smoothie. So this is interesting. Potassium supplements are usually not as effective as simply eating the foods that are high in potassium. And that's how it is with most supplements. We find that even with CBD oil. CBD oil has a bunch of different what's called cannabinoids. And if you take out just one and isolate it, it doesn't work as well as working with the other ones. So high potassium foods seem to work better than the potassium supplements. That's why in, super, in Essential Source and Super Greens, we use whole foods. Like in Essential Source, we juice fruits and vegetables, take the water out, and what's left is a powder. So Super Greens and Essential Source, a powder, I use a scoop of each, shake it up, some coconut milk, and it works really, really well. Another thing that some people are deficient is something called coenzyme Q10. CoQ10, uh, it's commonly known as, is an antioxidant critical for supporting heart health. And it's critical if you've ever been on blood pressure medication, in particular, cholesterol-lowering medications can affect the uh, uh, CoQ10, which then can affect the blood pressure medication. So what happens is CoQ10 is produced in the liver, and it's produced by the same enzyme that produces cholesterol. So if you have high cholesterol and you're on a statin drug, you're also going to be affecting the production of CoQ10, and CoQ10 now can affect blood pressure medication because CoQ10 goes into the mitochondria. It's the part of the cell that generates energy. And it gets into the mitochondria and causes the mitochondria to produce energy. If you're low in CoQ10, the mitochondria can't work. The cells become weak. The muscles become weak. And that's not where you want to be. So two to 300 milligrams of CoQ10 per day is great. Natural remedy for high blood pressure is something you could add to your repertoire if you'd like to. But again, I, if you're on statin drugs, and I've done shows on cholesterol, if you go to the website, drjoe.com, we have well over 1,000 hours of podcasts there. So type in what you're looking for, and you can find what you're looking for. Uh, but we've done shows on cholesterol, and when I do that, if, I always recommend if you're on cholesterol medications, please, I'm begging you, take CoQ10 as well. I did a show many years ago on cholesterol, and a friend of mine was dating a pharmacist. And he called me up. He says, man, my girlfriend's mad at you. I said, why? She goes, she, you're telling people to take CoQ10 with statin drugs. She's never heard that before. So I got her to research, and I got him to research. He gave it to her. A day or so later, he calls me up. He says, oh, my gosh. He goes, what a change you've made in her. She now, whenever she writes a prescription or fills a prescription for statin drugs, she sends a person right over to the supplement section and say, make sure you get some CoQ10. They never even heard that before. So now you do. So now you know. So let's discuss some top foods for high blood pressure and what kind of diet is going to be the best and the best foods you can eat to lower your blood pressure uh, while eating healthy. Blood pressure diet, number one, high fiber foods, unprocessed foods high in fiber, such as what? Fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds are the basis of a healthy diet. If you're wondering how you can stabilize your blood pressure, eating foods high in healthy fiber can definitely help. I mean, fiber is so important for so many different things. In fact, just the other day, two, three days ago, I donated blood. I donate blood whenever I can. And uh, it's interesting now because the companies that take the blood, they send out texts. Oh, you know, it's been long enough. You can donate again. And if you come in this week, we'll give you a $5 gift certificate, which they didn't have, by the way. I was supposed to get an Amazon gift card. They didn't have any. And a T-shirt. That's okay. I have plenty of T-shirts. So they said, um, so I gave the blood. And it's interesting because, you know, my age is there. So the lady takes my blood pressure and she says whatever it was, 115 over 60 or whatever it was. She goes, wow, because you really got good blood pressure. And then she pricked my finger and she checked the hemoglobin. She goes, wow, your blood is really bright red and has great hemoglobin. And I said, well, I haven't had any animal products in about 35, 33 years now. And she goes, you know, every time we take blood from somebody who's a vegan, we're amazed how healthy the blood is. And then I said, why don't you then go vegan? And she said, oh, that would be so, so uh, what would she say? 
It would be so radical to give up meat. And I said, is it more radical to give up food that's bad for you? What's more radical, that or heart disease or stroke or diabetes or high cholesterol or medication? What's more radical? I don't, I mean, again, a little political here, but I don't see that as radical getting healthy. It's a heck of a lot more fun being healthy than to be sick. And so I hope, I don't know, maybe I change your mind, maybe not. Other foods that you can eat to lower your blood pressure. Low sodium foods, excess salt consumption, raise your blood pressure. Limit your consumption to about 1,500, 2,000 milligrams a day. If you're going to use salt, take the white salt that's in your house, go home now, throw it away. Don't save it for anything. If you're gonna save it for anything, save it to put on, on the sidewalk if there's ice. You can save it for that, okay? Get some air-dried sea salt, Himalayan salt, pink salt. These salts have other nutrients in them, and so they don't have nearly the effect of white table salt. So if you're gonna use salt, whatever, any type of salt you use, air-dried sea salt, pink salt, Himalayan salt, use less. It's a lot saltier tasting than plain old white salt, okay? High potassium foods. Potassium counteracts the effects of sodium and helps lower the blood pressure. These, like we said, melons, avocados, bananas. Take a banana, some coconut water, throw in some super greens and essential source. Wow, what a day to start today. Even when I do show, what a way to start today. Even when I do shows on coffee and energy, so many people say, Dr. Joe, I take your super greens and essential source. I don't need coffee anymore. And I, I laugh when patients say this. I can't afford not to take your supplements. And the first time that happened, I said, what do you mean? I don't understand. They said, I saved so much money on coffee and tea and stimulants just by taking your supplements that I have extra money at the end of the week. So it, it pay, more than pays for itself by taking the supplements. So Supergreen's an essential source. They're on the website, drjoe.com. So does the omega-3 fatty acids. I'm going to talk about nitric oxide soon. I'm going to have to go to a break in a few minutes. But nitric oxide is another thing that opens up your blood vessels. So that's part of the nutrition uh, protocol I put together for high blood pressure patients. Supergreen, essential source, nitric oxide, and omega-3s. So omega-3-rich foods, things like chia seeds, flax seeds, they can help reduce inflammation. If you're going to do chia seeds and flax seeds, here's the rule. Grind them before you use them, right before you use them. If you buy them pre-ground, they start to oxidize. They're fats. And if you buy a good omega-3 fatty acid, you're going to find it's not in a clear bottle. It's in a brown bottle to protect it from sunlight because the omega-3s can oxidize pretty easily. So that's why if you're going to do flaxseed or chia seed, just get a little coffee grinder. You probably have one. You're not drinking coffee anymore because you're doing super greens and essential source and nitric oxide and omega-3s. So what do we do? Just take that coffee grinder, grind it up, and use what you want. Don't take too much. One of the problems I have patients do is they say, oh, chia seeds and flaxseeds. Dr. Joe, these things are amazing. And what will happen is if you take too much, it can actually be constipating because it will ball up in your gut. And when you take them, you've got to drink a lot of water. So if you're going to take them, I usually recommend taking them in the morning and then drink your water, your tea, whatever you're going to drink in the morning to flush everything through. Because if you don't drink a lot of water, those things just form what's called a bolus or a brick, basically, in your gut, and things don't pass through. So make sure you do them in the morning if you can. Uh, other foods to reduce blood pressure. How about this one? You're going to like me on this one. How about dark chocolate? Look for chocolate that contains at least 200 milligrams of cacao or cocoa uh, phenols. That's going to help reduce the blood pressure. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to do chocolate, there's rules involved. You know, Dr. Joe, there's always rules involved. Number one, it's got to be organic dark chocolate. How much chocolate can I eat, Dr. Joe? A whole Easter bunny worth? No. About the size of the th top joint of your thumb. Two small bites. And that's all you need. Beyond that, it's still sugar. It's still caffeine. And there's other chemicals in there. There's stimulants in chocolate. So if you're going to do it, just a very small amount. I'm going to let you do it. It's got to be organic. It's got to be dark chocolate. It's got to be a little bit. So dark chocolate could be part of your protocol. Now I'm Italian, so garlic has to come into play. 
Garlic and garlic supplements, which don't work as well as the whole garlic, can help lower blood pressure and relax your smooth muscles. The smooth muscles are the ones in your blood vessels. Research on the health benefits of garlic is finding more and more miraculous benefits. It's kind of like vitamin D. The more research we do, the more we find great things about it. So if you have neck pain, back pain, vagus nerve issues, digestive issues, just make an appointment to come see us. We work with all insu whatever insurance you have. We're going to do the best I can to work with you. Car accidents, sports injuries. If you work for a company, you need to have chiropractic care on your workers' comp list because chiropractic is the most effective, least expensive treatment for back pain by far. So again, a lot of information on the website, drjoe.com. Make an appointment to come see us. If you have any questions, send them to me through the website. I'm more than happy to answer you. Again, the website, drjoe.com. Folks, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on a WSB Radio app.